please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Hey guys, I'm Monroe, and I can't wait to get to the Food and Wine Festival. Yeah, Alex, uh, I actually brought our resident food and wine expert along with us, Scott. Whoa, what's up? Hey guys, uh, listen, I'm not a food and wine expert. I'm an expert of food and wine. Oh. Oh, no. Oh, sorry. Um, you should go home then? I mean, I'm here. I might as well. I got nothing else to do until 8 o'clock, so uh, might as well hang with you guys for a little bit. I do All love right. flower and garden, though. No, that's not a good one. <laughs> no, no, no. I feel like that's... Like, I mean, oh, I, I thought you morning. meant like the whole water. I was no, like, no, no, no. Welcome to episode 223 of the Diz His Podcast. I'm one of your host, Alex. And I'm Chris. Today, we'll begin the His on the Food and Wine Festival. We're recording live for our group troop. If you want to be in our group troop, just go to our social media. From there, you can go to our link to visit our link tree. And you can get to our Patreon. And as little as $2 a month, you can be in our group troop, which gives you access to our Discord server. So you can talk Disney with multiple people daily. You also are entered in our giveaways, which we do once a month or once every month. Recently, we haven't done one this month in September, but we are going to do one next month in October. And from there, you can also access our blog. If you're in the group troop, you can write in our blog and submit some uh, writings. <laughs> <laughs> Good English. Beautifully said. Uh, um, also, from there, you get to our tea public, where we do have some Diz His merch to purchase. I love when you host Alex because I love you saying Groof Troop uh, four times in a row. Groof Troop? Yeah, you say, I, I don't know if you notice it, but you definitely say Groof Troop. I did not say Groof Troop. Groof Troop. Um, but if you like how Alex pronounces Groof Troop, you can let us know by emailing us at dizhispod at gmail.com. Let us know anything. Tell us anything. Um, two things that I did want to mention today was we got some responses on our Spotify um uh spotify episode which i i, I mm -hmm. love when people engage on spotify because they give you the option so please engage with us we got heather back at it again heather uh answered the question i said who's your favorite uh verna felton voice and she said queen of hearts she slays okay. in the movie nice and then then from uh jm boy 1990 he chimed in and said fairy godmother i reposted Ooh. both of those on the episode so uh if you do give an answer I will repost on the episode, so that's kind of fun. And we'll give you a shout-out on the episode, too. Appreciate both you guys. Thank you for uh, answering those questions. Yeah. And, you know, if you also want to access or give us information, reach out to us. Email us at dishispod at gmail.com, and we usually read those on the podcast as well. Um, and if, if you have a chance, please go into your podcast platform and give us five stars. If we earned it. If we earned four stars, I'll take it. That's fine. But I prefer five because that's the max and that'd be yeah. the best. Yeah. Any, anything less than four, just send an angry tweet at us or something. Don't. Yeah. Don't, if uh, it's if it's four or less, just send us a really mean email. Yeah. I'd rather you find where I live and like and, and assault me than you leave a, a bad podcast review. Yeah, for sure. Um, today we hinted last week, but today we have a special guest. We have our very own. Food and wine expert. Scott, from No New Friends. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad that we learned uh, this past week on No New Friends the definition of slay, because otherwise we would have had no idea what that poll answer meant. So I'm I wouldn't have read it. Yeah, I wouldn't have read it. If you I wouldn't didn't have known. Know you no, would have had no idea. But now we know. Could have been a bad word. Um, I knew what slay meant because I teach at elementary school with fifth grade girls, and you hear it all day. Slay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, Scott, tell us a little bit about your expertise in food and wine festival or just your expertise in food and or wine. <laughs> Chris, I'm so glad that you asked this question. I've been begging Alex to do a uh, drinking around the world episode for about two years. And uh, he said it's no, there's no history on that. There's no history. Yeah, there's so, no history. Right. So here we are. The next best thing. Give me one of the food and insert alcohol here. Uh, 
festivals. Yeah. Now, uh, food and wine is not my favorite. Uh, Flower and Garden is my my favorite because they have more beer options. But my wife loves food and wine. <laughs> and if I can get my wife to a park, then uh, that's a win. So she loves food and wine. That's fair. Okay. And it, what I love about it is it just gives me extra booths to add to the challenge of drinking around the world. Because mm. let's be honest, what, 12, 14 countries? It's no big deal. Hold my beer. Like, that's yeah. super yeah. easy. But to add those extra booths in there and be like, oh, you know, I visited uh, Ireland or I visited uh, Ecuador, you know, these places that don't it normally exist on your drinking around the world tour. It's not on the Etsy T-shirt that you and your three buddies just mm. purchased to Sharpie the back of. So that I love true. those little bonus uh, bonus stands and the food is amazing. I mean, I, I've got to maintain this figure somehow. Scott, yeah. you said that your wife loves food and wine. She does. She you does. Think maybe she can sit in instead of you tonight. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah. know if you want that tonight. <laughs> She's not in the greatest of moods. Uh, Scott, I mean, sorry, Chris, um, have you you have experienced food and wine, I, I imagine, because you don't go to Disney very often because you don't live in Florida. Yeah, I only get down around this time of year where they're doing Flower and Garden. And Scott, I, I do love Flower and Garden. I don't know the other festivals, but I do love Flower and Garden because of all the flowers and gardens. It's really cool. Um, <laughs> no, seriously, I'm like, the flowers are awesome. And the gardening is amazing. It's it's. I understand why they came up with the, the name Flower and Garden. What's the one around the holidays? Is that just like the holiday festival? Well, Christmas you got festival. Yeah, you got the Christmas Christmas in different nations. Yeah, um, I was that's there for not that. as big as the other ones. But they and have then cookies. you also have Festival of the Arts is the uh, yeah is the fourth that. one. And, yep, and I like Festival of the, Festival of the Arts. They have a lot of the Broadway concerts as well, which I really get into. I love the Broadway oh, very concerts. Cool. Yeah, so it's it's usually Disney names that are performed on Broadway. That's awesome. Well, if you didn't know, the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival is one of the four seasonal festivals at Epcot and Walt Disney World. The Food and Wine Festival debuted in 1996 and has been running strong ever since. For 2023, it will run from July 27th to November 18th. It features 25 global food booths with exclusive entertainment and merchandise. That I love the exclusive merchandise i'm drinking from a glass right now for people who aren't at home i found this at the thrift store it's a uh, walt disney world pass holder glass and when i went to take a drink from it it's uh it's from the food and wine festival because in the bottom it's, oh, really? it's engraved yeah food and wine festival 2016 so yeah. i love the exclusive stuff because um you could sell I don't know. a price online oh there's that there is that but uh it just makes it like it's like you will never be able to get this cup again and they, they yeah. do different designs every year and stuff like that that's what i i like the uniqueness that is where Disney is brilliant. They've got a different line for everything, and I have to have all of it. Yeah, uh, we're and, all and brainwashed. And yeah, it, it can't just be, oh, I'm going to get food and wine. Uh, it's food and wine every year. You've got to get the yeah. food and wine stuff every year. And uh, food and wine's mascot is what? Uh, Remy, right? The Remy the rat. Um, isn't yeah. he the he's the uh, he's the so. mascot? Yeah, because Figment is Festival of the Arts and Orange Bird is Flower and Garden. Flower Another garden. reason why I prefer Flower and Garden. But yeah, you've got to get all the, you got to get the corksicle. You got to get the spiritures. You have to yeah. get the Crocs. Uh, you have to get the pin. You have to get the magic band. It's this whole line. Uh, Alex, don't, don't show, don't give me that judgy look. Uh, I, I've got sounding my, very expensive. The Joey Chu line has just come out. So I'm wearing my Joey Chu shirt. They're brilliant with the merchandising. <laughs> they are. We're all brainwashed. Yes they, are. yes, they are. Even if, even us, me who don't like to spend money, my wife and I always go and get the free, uh, magnets that you get every year at Epcot. Uh, the magnets being, are cool too. Yeah. You know, and those are definitely fun merchandise you can get. So wait, Alex, uh, I know you don't like to spend money, but I don't want to get off the top of the magnets. Mm -hmm. The magnets are a lot cheaper in the parking lots. Did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, other don't, people don't. from New Jersey will understand that reference. Listen, <laughs> you know, what's funny is that here in Orlando, there's a there's a radio show where they do the game of magnets and you buy your news junkie magnet. And they, the goal is to steal each other's magnets off cars. I have found annual pass holders do not like when you steal their magnet off their car. They will post about it on every uh, annual pass holder Facebook group. It's pretty amazing that your magnets don't get stolen more often when you think about it. Like when you're just driving around with your car and you have a Disney pass, like pass holder magnet. It's kind of amazing that every time you park your car, you don't come out and it's gone. 
Yeah, they're great magnets. Well, mine's so faded. It's like the original one, like Walt uh, issued me my first <laughs> magnet. And so it's like stuck to my car. It's faded. You can barely see Walt Disney World. You just see like Wasi. Oh, Wasi. I don't know why I went with those letters, but here we are. <laughs> I get nervous. I get nervous when I come on the show. I don't know why. I talk to you guys all the time. I'm friends with you guys. I talk to Chris every day. Whoa, 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 and I get whoa, nervous. whoa, whoa, whoa. Friends? Uh, we're acquaintances. It's acquaintances. Fine. Actually, I'm more of your employee. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Alex should be nervous, actually. <laughs> you don't even put it that way. Let's get to his on the Food and Wine Festival. Walt Disney World Epcot has become renowned for its four annual festivals that draw millions of guests each year. These festivals, which include the International Flower and Garden Festival, the Festival of Arts, and the Festival of the Holidays are all iconic in their own right, but perhaps the most cultural, diverse, and the tastiest is the International Food and Wine Festival, often referred to as simply Food and Wine. Even though Flower and Garden was the first seasonal festival held by Epcot, it is arguably the third most popular. In 1996, Epcot was going through a lot of changes with numerous attractions getting significant overhauls, the first big change since the park's opening in 1981. Disney parks were having issues with guest attendance, at an all-time low, which were exacerbated in the fall, as many potential guests saw Disney World as merely a summer destination. Epcot struggled with guest attendance from the beginning of the school year until Thanksgiving, and future Walt Disney World president George Calagridis knew that they needed a solution. George recalled the success of the one-week Walt Disney World Village Wine Festival that had started in 1981. The festival occurred in what is now Disney Springs and featured local winemakers, but George had an idea to reinvent the festival around both food and wine after Time Magazine had held a similar festival in Colorado that was met with great success. Drawing from the springtime success of the International Flower and Garden Festival, George decided to move this new festival to Epcot for the 1996 autumn season. This new festival ran from September 28th until October 27th of that year and featured food booths, cooking demonstrations, wine sampling, celebrity chefs, and more. This event was a perfect way for Epcot to both showcase the different cuisines represented by its World Showcase countries and to offer representation for other countries not featured among the 11 international pavilions. The food booths were perhaps the biggest highlight of the festival and were billed as international marketplaces, with each marketplace representing a different country and serving different snack-sized plates and selections of both alcoholic and non-alcoholic beverages. Many of these food items sold for anywhere between $1 and $3 and especially considering Epcot's $42 admissions at the time, guests could experience an exceptional culinary journey for a reasonable price. Although the festival was relatively quick and small scale compared to what it would become, it quickly gained popularity among Epcot guests, ensuring its return in 1997. $42 for admission, Chris. $42. You probably remember that, don't you? I remember cheaper. Dude, a dollar for anything is amazing. That's what stuck out to me is food I have sold for one to three dollars. Yeah, yeah, that's that, crazy. That's the Epcot I want to live in. Right. <laughs> here's here's the, the, the interesting thing about all of these festivals is is it's yet another example of how Disney is on cutting on the cutting edge of everything, not just technology, but just ideas, because yeah. this concept where you're getting the little snack plates uh, and different drink samplings has been duplicated now at every Orlando theme park. Uh, mm -hmm. SeaWorld does their Seven Seas Festival, and then they do this for both Halloween Horror Nights, but especially Mardi Gras where at Universal Studios, where they've got the different booths from different countries. So again, on the cutting edge of, of ideas that are duplicated everywhere else. And Scott, I'm glad you brought that up because I'm not sure which park it was because I, I thought it was Universal. But now that you said SeaWorld, one of them just started doing it, I think, didn't they? Universal was actually the last one to start doing it a couple of years ago okay. for Mardi Gras. Yeah, they started Mardi doing Mardi like, Gras. That's what it is. Yep. The flavors of and they, they've been doing Mardi Gras forever, but they just right. added this. OK, now we're going to have food booths. Uh, 
around the entire park with different uh, cuisines from different countries and different drink pairings and all that. And uh, it, it's a brilliant idea. Uh, yeah. And, and of course, it's coupled with a concert series in Mardi Gras. And mm. then same thing at Seven Seas Festival at SeaWorld. It's coupled with uh, another concert series. You know why I think they had to do it was because... I think Disney has made going to a theme park now synonymous with uh, trying different foods and trying oh, yeah. gourmet foods, you know, like yeah, now, especially it's, Epcot. Yeah. And I feel like with Universal and SeaWorld, like they had to adapt. They had to put these boots there because you're not you don't go to theme parks just mm -hmm. to ride rides anymore. It's yep. now it's yeah. now it's you go to eat and drink. Exactly. Yeah. Everyone, everyone became foodies. So yes, since the masses became foodies. You have to give them something different to try because they're not going to spend their money on a PB&J or a right. turkey sandwich. Like that's not going to entice anybody. So you had to make it special. And it's it's now added uh, added real estate or real estate that was being unused before that now they can make money off of because it's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, all of these things are about where can we put things to make money? You know, I managed an, a, a massive arcade and it's how much room do I have to put another machine? Because that machine yeah. equals X amount per year. It's the same thing with these booths. There's space that there was a bench. Let's get rid of the bench and let's put something that we can make money. Mm -hmm. It was like that when I was a teacher at a, at a school, my prince would come in and start measuring. Can I fit another desk in here? <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have to redact a statement that I just said. I said Disney's ahead. Um, for legal reasons, we do not believe that Walt Disney's head is frozen anywhere in the castle or anything. So Disney being ahead was more of the Disney company being ahead in ideas, not physical <laughs> Walt Disney's head. Thank you for yeah. clarifying. In 1997, food and wine returned, but Disney decided to expand it greatly without taking over the park. They had 23 marketplaces set up with promotional ads saying guests could sample 30 flavors in 30 days. Disney was worried about giving out too much alcohol and try to keep a close eye on guests as they sampled the festivities. Disney wanted to reduce as many potential protein spills as they could, company code for vomiting. In 1997, the Food and Wine Festival surprised everyone when they got Julia Child to be an honorary guest. She attended a benefit gala at the park that raised money for a hunger relief organization. Since then, they've had many celebrity chefs attend the events, like Bobby Flay and Rick Bayless. In 1998, an Art of Winemaking event debuted, with a master sommelier hosting a wine tasting for this small seminar. With the success of this event, the following year, five educational wine exhibits opened around the World Showcase. Also in 1999, Food and Wine debuted the Race for the Taste, a 10K race that would travel through Hollywood Studios and Epcot. It started at the ESPN Wild World of Sports Complex and once they reached the finish line at Epcot, runners could sample the items that were going to be for sale at the Food & Wine Festival. Food & Wine even got into the festivities of Epcot's Millennium Celebration in 2000, with the International Millennium Village becoming a central piece of the festival that year. The festival was still relatively short around this time, lasting only 30 days. In 2002, prices increased to between $1 and $4.50. This was also the first year for Eat to the Beat, a concert series. These concerts during Food & Wine brought in some new and old bands, as well as Disney entertainers. In 2002, Disney created their own stomp with Asian performers using kitchen utensils with pots, pans, and other kitchen equipment. Performers play three shows a night, which range between 30 minutes to an hour, with there only being six acts a year debuted, growing to 45 acts in 2023. Most recently in 2023, bands like Sugar Ray, Boys to Men, Hoobastank, Air Supply, and Hanson perform. The concerts take place at the American Gardens Theater and usually starts around 5.30 till close. Can't forget Joey Fatone and Friends. Uh, he's a regular staple to uh, eat to the beat. Yes, Joey, I, I heard about Joey Fatone and Friends and Joey Fatone was up there and people from uh, Q and and um, and I forget the skinny it, one's name. Murr from Impractical Jokers. Murr. Yes, yeah, yes. There. He Which, always brings super cool people with him. It, it's become the most popular concert of of the festival. Yeah. For well, yeah, sure. Joey Fatone and, and Brian Quinn are very good friends. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it, when you're looking at the th like, I love Sugar Ray. I love Hoobastank. Like, you know, it's, it's be fun. An awesome concert. It's funny, this Sugar Ray. So I went to a Sugar Ray concert at, at Food and Wine. And I was making fun of the person that was that I was going with. I was like, Sugar Ray, come on, really? And then the first song that he did was the song that he sang in Scooby-Doo. 
and, and I, I immediately was like, oh, wait a second, I know this song. And it's a very short concert. It's not like a Mardi Gras concert or a, or a Seven Seas. It's it's a five song set because they do multiple shows per day. But all five songs were bangers. And I was like, this is one of the best concerts I've been to. It was amazing. What's a shock to me is that it was only a 30 day festival because now mm-hmm. I feel like food and wine runs 14 months out of the year. I yeah. feel like it is always food and wine. Like it's festival of the arts ends there with no festival. Yeah. Festival of the arts ends food and wine begins. Then uh, you have the, the um, flower and garden starts and then food and wine begin. It's, it's weird. It's year round. feels like, you know, it, it seems like also that they're kind of skimping on the food and wine now. It's like they it was like they they bait and hooked us. And then now they just ha- kind of have it like they were doing like wine making festivals. Uh, Julia Child was there. Like, it just seems like they don't do stuff like that anymore. Besides the concerts, apparently, because it's become more about the concerts, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, and and there are so many food booths now that people don't have time to do uh, a Julia Child's, uh, you seminar. know, seminar or anything, or Jeremy Miller, uh, you know, cook off or something like that. It's, it's get those samples and go, but they have not skimped on the sampling. I mean, the sampling is ridiculous. I mean, they, they turned Odyssey into uh, Muppet Lab Brewery this year, which is fantastic. They have a pickle milkshake. I saw Ugh. that. How is that? Because I saw your daughter try it. My daughter tried it. And let me tell you, I thought it was going to be disgusting. It tastes more like a shamrock shake from McDonald's, you know, kind of that no minty with like a dill aftertaste. So Ugh. it was it was bearable. Now, the the after it started to melt a little bit, you can taste more and more of the dill. And it's like, yeah, I'm out. Ew. Did she like it? She loved it. Yeah. Yeah. But kids have weird big, palates. Big, yeah. That's, I was going to say, like, that's a big like thing for kids i feel like oh yeah, i'm gonna get a pickle I, milkshake yeah if i tell her to make a uh, peanut butter and jelly san- sandwich it's peanut butter it's jelly it's cheese it it's toothpaste it's syrup <laughs> it's spaghetti sauce uh and then some nutella on the top <laughs> and avocado on the bottom at least it's healthy yes gotta throw in that <laughs> avocado toast yeah exactly uh the uh it's it's awesome when they brought the the uh, race for the taste to it because that was a fun concept of having people do a marathon and then for you know for what they do and now it's so big I mean we'll get more into the history about it but now not the race for the taste but the marathon marathon they have going on now it's such a huge event yeah I I love the idea of uh, getting rewarded with food at the end of something strenuous. I've never understood that, Chris. Runners, they eat food and drink beer. Like, instead of water Weird, at the finish right? line, it's beer. And look, I don't beer. judge a beer drinker, but like, if I walk downstairs, I need to take a breath before I start drinking beer. You know, it's, I don't, I don't get it. You earned it. Well, no, yeah, but I get mad because I'm looking at them like, how, how do you look like this? And you just drank 14 beers in 30 they minutes ran a marathon. After this marathon. I don't know. You get mad because you have to scoot and they can run. (laughs) Point taken. Um, I I, I think it's cool that they were able to sample these things before they people even got to see them. That's kind of kind of cool. I wonder if they kept an eye on people to make sure they didn't sample too much. Oh, put it on eBay. Like, sir, that's your (laughs) fifth plate of shrimp. Can you uh, move on, please? (laughs) Got to carb up, man. I got the uh, the full marathon tomorrow. Got a carb load. (laughs) Hey, don't make fun of carbon load, carb loading. You're gonna, I, I, I loathe, loathe the marathon weekends. I hate really? them. I hate Why? the runners. Uh, they are <laughs> entitled as as heck. Okay, they are so, they're they're awful. They're awful. They demand things that aren't on the uh, on the menus. I I just overhear this. I overhear this. I overhear them talking about wanting to order uh, loaves of bread to go, and and I'm like, I don't think they do that at the restaurants. But it's just me. I don't know. Uh, but they're so entitled, so entitled because they're like, oh, I spent all this money and I'm running and, uh, you know, I'm a world-class athlete. Yeah, no, I, I, I do, get, I do get that. Like, go drink another Miller Lite. Yeah, I do get that. I do, um, that, that's, that's not just exclusive to Disney, just runners just in general are just, yeah, they, they are entitled. I can only imagine a runner in Disney world, 
would just be well, a nightmare. It's all it's awful, it especially the the DVC runners. They they are the worst. Oh, my um, but, but yes, runners in general, Chris, because they're yes. constantly judging me. Like, why are you smoking another cigarette? You can't smoke that w within fifty feet of me, and I'm a hundred feet. Uh, but they're still giving me that warning, and and uh, it, they're they're awful. They're awful human True. beings. True story. During the pandemic, I, I got into running. I did a Disney online virtual marathon. Yes. And I, I, and I started going like to I wouldn't go to restaurants, but I'd go into like to my parents house and my sister like open a Diet Coke. Like you're putting that in your body. I just like and I, I was, like and then then I just like, I was, like what, that just, why did I just say that? Like, it just took just took over. And I had my medal around my neck from the virtual marathon. <laughs> If you want to win virtual silver, you got to take better care of yourself. <laughs> exactly. Another event that was introduced in 2002 that is still going strong today is Party for the Senses. This event occurred on a Saturday evening and involves food and tasting coupled with world-class entertainment. In contrast to traditional foos at food and wine, this festival uses real plates as opposed to paper, and with chefs individually preparing small dishes at different stations, this is truly an event to remember. Meanwhile, entertainment has included the likes of Cirque du Soleil. There is a required dress code for the guests who choose to pay between $229 and $359 per person. A far cry from the original $79 in 2002. In 2006, Disney California Adventure debuted their own food and wine festival, which only offered two kiosks and 12 dishes. Additions continue to appear annually at Epcot, with 2007 bringing such booths as the Fairville Fair, the Twinnings Tea Bar, and celebrate Oklahoma, while 2008 was the greatest years the festival had seen yet, with its 3,000 gallons of soup and 1,500 pounds of strawberries, to name a few of the offerings. As the race for the taste entered its final year in 2009, it included a 3K route. This would ultimately pave the way for the Disney Wine and Dine Half Marathon in 2010. As opposed to the original morning race, this replacement occurs in the evening and begins with fireworks at the ESPN Wild World of Sports, before taking racers through Animal Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, the Boardwalk, Yacht Club, and Beach Club Resorts, and finally to the finish line at Epcot. Along the route, Disney music and characters can be seen and heard. The evening concludes with a grand post-race party, including multiple open Epcot attractions, all the food and wine booths, a $10 gift card for food and wine offerings, and additional complimentary snacks and drinks. The following year, 2011, Ocean Spray partnered with Disney to have a cranberry bog set up in the park to show where cranberries come from. HGTV joined the festivities with the seminar on entertaining and decorating for the holidays, hosted by their network stars. 2011 also marked the first year Disney California Adventure did not offer the Food and Wine Festival, which lasted until 2016. Uh, don't even give me a gift card if you're going to give me a $10 gift card for, for Disney. Like, don't even give it to me. <laughs> I feel like that is, like, such an insult. Here's Here, you can pay for, like, Two thirds of your of your meal tonight, guys, from this one booth, ten dollars. And then where is where is Ocean Spray setting up this cranberry bog? I you know I tried I Chris I wanted the same thing and I tried to find out where this bog was. Like, I please don't tell me know, it was in the lagoon. I wanted to know the exact <laughs> location. I could not find it. I looked yeah, was up it a so pool? many websites. I'm very I cannot confused figure, by that. figure out like did they just dump it in the water that was already there right which is disgusting like, where was this bog located or did they create an area and form a bog that wasn't there before i tried man i tried uh if anybody knows the his on the ocean spray bog uh circa 2011 epcot food and wine festival please give us like three or four paragraphs on it we'd love to do an episode on it <laughs> I, I will bring this up. This won't be edited out of the podcast. He only recorded this once. So I said you can look up the Ocean Spray Bog circa 2011. Alex also said the word circa, but it was in the context circa du, <laughs> circa du Soleil. <laughs> That's how you say it. Circa du Soleil. No, it's Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> it's not Cirque du Soleil, though. That's not what it is. It's Cirque du Soleil. It's different. You can... No, yeah, you can die on that hill. Yeah. <laughs> Scott, Chris has a question. You had some technical difficulties. Maybe you didn't hear it. Do you remember where the cranberry bog was? We got a picture. We got a picture in chat. What? There's a picture? I could not find this. So they made their own. Okay. Thank goodness. See, I pictured I pictured they just take a piece of water and just fill it in. But no, it was a setup. Okay. 
So it's really funny with Disney because they they take this stuff very, very seriously. Like they've got uh, sommeliers. There's like only four in the world and two of them work at Disney, like the grandmaster sommeliers, like the, 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 the fourth level sommeliers all work at Disney. Um, and it's just it's just funny how that how serious they take it. Yeah, it's it, that's I don't understand that. How grandmaster there's only four in the world, like seems like something way too intense for a park that nine year olds throw up in. Yeah, it was like ninjas. <laughs> yeah, like ninjas, exactly. Well, it, you know, it 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 just goes to show, you know, Epcot, Epcot especially is not just a children's park. It's not just a park for families. It's for adults. Uh, Epcot is a sophisticated park uh, for sophisticated palates, not only in taste, but in experiences. Yeah, don't you hate Epcot, Alex? I hate Epcot. And Scott sounded like a real marathon runner. Right <laughs> All these special <laughs> words he's using. Uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of this sophisticated lifestyle. I'd rather just go over to Hollywood Studios and Epcot. Um, especially not a fan of these giant prices to attend these special events with 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 real plates for $229 per person or $359 per person if you want to be really fancy. And uh, let me correct something. There are four levels of uh, sommeliers, beginner level, oh, yes. certified level, industry expert pro and master. Uh, master takes up to 10,000 hours of uh, a deliberate practice. There are 269 master sommeliers worldwide. So only 269. I'm pretty interested in this. Oh, <laughs> makes one of us. 10,000 10, uh, hours of t taste testing wine. You can knock that out waiting for Rise of the Resistance. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I think I think I could do that. I did not know that the Food and Wine Festival was extended to um, extended to the resorts. I didn't I didn't know that. Were you aware of this, Scott? I didn't know this either. But now, especially the monorail resorts, they get to do everything. So if if there's a party somewhere, they'll extend it to uh, to those resorts. And then Yacht and Beach, it makes perfect sense because that's an Epcot resort. Uh, mm -hmm. So it, it, it makes sense. And really for everything now, seasonally, the resorts are, are getting in with just diff different seasonal beverage offerings, different seasonal desserts and things that pair well. So it's not just the park experience. You get to take that experience back with you to your resort because there can't be a minute of the day where you're not spending money. That's what Disney does so well at, though, is the immersiveness. So like you go to food and wine and then you leave your park and go back to the hotel and you're still mm -hmm. experiencing food and wine so you're still excited to spend <laughs> even money if you don't want eat. to even yeah, if you don't want to experience food and wine anymore <laughs> they're gonna make you experience more food and wine yep and then you get to experience it again as it comes back up <laughs> <laughs> so sophisticated the protein milkshake what do they call protein milkshake protein shake. Uh, no not a protein milkshake <laughs> well sometimes it's a protein milkshake protein <laughs> shake <laughs> In 2012, Chase Bank became a major sponsor of the Food and Wine Festival. They remained a major sponsor until 2019. They offered their Chase Lounge to Chase card holders, which is a VIP lounge that offers free soft drink, snacks, phone charging stations, and an air-conditioned area to relax. This was located in the Festival Center in Future World, but was moved in 2013 to the third floor of the American Adventure Pavilion. That same year, Chase card holders were able to register earlier than the general public for special events. In 2013, the prices for food increased to between $3 and $8. Master distillers and mixologists offered exclusive dinners at Scotland and Japan's Kibachi. In 2014, the Poplar Food and Wine Festival extended its days from 46 days to 53 days. In 2023, the festival now lasts for 114 days. To match the extended days, in 2014, the food and wine also brought in an unprecedented amount of food, 100,000 dessert portions, 360,000 beer servings, 300,000 wine pours, 1.5 million food samplings with visitors from over 25 different nations. In 2015, the festival continued to grow, introducing new booths like Cheese Studio, Wine Studio, Dominican Republic, and The Outpost. Also, ABC sponsored two kiosks named Chew Lab and Sustainable Chew. Ocean Spray's Cranberry Bog returned for its fourth year after being absent for a year. In 2016, Epcot's Food and Wine Festival became so popular that extended out to Disney resorts like Contemporary, Grand Floridian, Polynesian, and the Yacht Club. It also redebuted at Disney California Adventure after a four-year hiatus. 
In 2017, Epcot finally built a 12,000 square foot kitchen facility that housed the dedicated festival kitchens. In 2018, Epcot added a character dance party and a Sunday brunch with a Disney chef and Disney junior chef. Unfortunately, in 2020, a large part of the food and wine was canceled due to the restrictions of the pandemic. Eat to the Beat and chef demonstrations were canceled. Despite this, Epcot started the festival earlier than ever, opening it on July 15th and running until November. The following year, the festival came back better than ever. It started in July again, but ran until the end of November, offering the experience for 129 days. The Wine and Dine Half Marathon Weekend returned in 2021, but Party for the Sense didn't return until 2022. So it's kind of funny that Chase was the one to sponsor Food and Wine because nothing screams Food and Wine like Chase Bank. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree. I, I also don't understand these whole lounges uh, because I, I never understood the lore of going and getting a free snack and getting a, a charging station and air conditioning. I, I'm not there for that. Do you guys frequent these locations? I've been to these lounges before. I've been to one. It wasn't when it was Chase Bank. It was just when it was for DVC members. Because Joe brought me into it. But yeah, I've been to one of these lounges. Chris, during the the, the peak of summer here, uh, during August, and it's hot as hell, and everything is a long wait, and you just want to get out of the heat and rest your feet for a few minutes, and maybe watch a Disney movie that's on, have a snack, have a bottle of water that's typically complimentary, and sit in a cushioned seat. Those things are great. They're fantastic. Yeah. I don't know if Chase has them, but I don't know if I mentioned uh, uh, I can get into the Amex Lounge, and I know the Amex Lounge has uh, the nice cushioned seats and whatnot. Yeah, I did sneak a peek at the credit card, and it was uh, it was not yours. It was your wife's, but, uh, uh, but yeah. But anyway, anyway, uh, but but it's it's great to just get into your own little private area and whether it's food and wine or flower and garden, whatever. I know it doesn't scream banks uh, wine, but Chase and Disney have this huge, huge partnership uh, where you can get 10 percent off by just having a castle on your card. And yeah, uh, you don't have that. No, I do have that. I got oh, it because okay. you don't pay anything for it. You just, you right. just get the little picture and then you get 10 percent off. Wait, you have to have the picture on the card? Yeah, you just go on the website and just get a new card and you can put like a like the castle or Darth Vader or like Mickey. Oh, it can be anything. It doesn't Alex, have to just be the castle. How does one of your kids make it and just tape it onto your current card? No yeah. one will notice. Yeah, that it's is fine. true. That is true. <laughs> the one thing I look forward to most each year is watching these YouTubers go around mm. and film them eating the food. Yeah. Um, I, there's this, uh, I talk about him a lot, Paging Mr. Morrow, puts out a 45 minute to an hour long video of eating at every single location. And he puts how much he spends and everything. Um, oh, really? Oh, yeah. It's really fun to watch. He can eat so much food. It's like, just watch, like, he could actually put an hour long video of him just eating food and it would fascinate me. But it's a little more fun when it's at Disney. He eats a lot of food, right. Scott. I see that. Look, he eats a lot of food. Very impressive. I eat a lot of food. I will start video. Uh, I'll start recording me and I'll send them to you. And then I'll instead of showing you how much I pay, uh, I spend on the food. I will show you my wife's reaction to the credit card bill when she sees how much money <laughs> I've spent. That might be equally, if not more entertaining. I'd like I'd pay for that kind of content. Yeah, it's called mukbang. Uh, Alex, cut that out. <laughs> I don't think you well, can say I, that on a Diz His podcast. Yeah, is that, no, it's a that's a real thing. Mukbang. It's Whoa, a real thing. It's said it videos. Twice. <laughs> it's videos where people eat a, a large amount of food in one sitting while filming themselves. Like Joey oh, Chestnut. I, I thought we were going into the Sandpiper ad to uh, what Chris, what's coming up on Diz is. <laughs> so when I was doing the history, I was I don't I didn't remember this. I thought I remembered what happened during the pandemic, but I didn't realize that Epcot was opened after the summer of 2020. I didn't realize that they had continued letting people in the park. I thought it was shut down for a year. No, was it shut down for no, it was uh, from like March 15th or 16th, and then it reopened in May. And then, of course, they stopped some of the festivities that would group people in large areas. But they're like, no, we must have our food and wine. We must let the people have their food and wine. Mm -hmm, exactly. They, well, people needed food and wine. I mean, Alex, when, when we were supposed to just shelter in place for two weeks, I bought two weeks worth of alcohol three days in a row. <laughs> had my own food and wine <laughs> we here at think that the epcot international food and wine festival is a great way to celebrate the cultures of many nations while enjoying the landscape of flavors each of them offer 
Oh, hey, a package. It's from Joe. Wonder what it is. Sweet. Three cheeky chicks. Mickey waffles. Wow, this smells delicious. I don't mind if I do. <coughs> Three Cheeky Chicks Candle Company. Come check us out at magicallyscented.com where you can get smells like pirate water, burnt empire, best day ever, tiki room. <laughs> and I can assure you, it smells a lot better than it tastes. And don't forget to use promo code DIZHIS20 to get 20% off your purchase. Magicallyscented.com. We make your house smell like Walt Disney. Walt Disney World. Walt Disney World. World. Right, not the guy. Uh, that would be weird. But you know what? If you do want your house to smell like Walt Disney, shoot us a message. I'm sure we can do it. At magicallyscented.com. Check us out streaming on award-winning Disney streaming site, Sorcerer Radio, on Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, or catch us again at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Sorcerer Radio is an amazing 24-7 Disney radio. Just visit srsounds.com or download the Sorcerer Radio app. Hey guys, want to hear something cool? Do you want to be part of the Goof Troop? Our Goof Troop is the best, and a way to help support the show. You get access to our wonderful giveaways, Discord chat, and you can join for only $2 a month. In our Discord chat, you can interact with the hosts and some of our great members. There are Disney-themed games in our chat, streams from the park, we have a special Spotify playlist. Overall, we just have a lot of fun. You also get access to our live shows, which can sometimes be a little crazy. Once again, help support the show for as low as $2 a month and join the Goof Troop. Just go to dizhiz.com and on top, there's a link. Hey, I'm Joe from the Diz His. And I'm Nick from Sandpiper Vacations. We will be teaming up to give one of the best travel experiences ever. I am a travel agent with Sandpiper Vacations. We are able to book any vacation destination around the world, including Disney, cruises, and all-inclusive resorts. We have been working here at the Diz His to become travel agents. And with our knowledge of the parks, we want to plan the best Disney trip for you. Using us as a travel agent, we are updated on the latest and greatest information about all of the destinations. We can help save you time, stress, and sometimes some money. Using our services costs you absolutely nothing. It is completely free to you, and we are happy to assist you with giving you more value for your trip. So if you're looking to book your next Disney trip, go to DizHiz.com. Check out DizHiz Destinations on the very top. So this week in Disney, uh, before I did with Chris, and I know Scott has something, I did something very small. I'm going to say it really fast. I've been watching with my kids the old, old Mickey cartoons. They're now released on oh, Disney+. Oh, I saw those. Nice. Yes. We've been watching those. My kids are loving them, even though they're super old. You know, they're like, I don't know. I don't know how old they are because they don't say the date, but like, got to be like 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. Anyways, Stop there, old. yeah, it's pretty good. So, uh, yeah. But Chris, what did you do this week in Disney? So I want to talk more about what I did this week next week so that everyone's caught up. But I did just watch the most recent episode of, uh, of Ahsoka that um, that came out yesterday. Ugh, and, watch it. Oh, my gosh. So I, I did. I, I don't want to talk about it because I don't want <laughs> to spoil anything uh, for you, More <laughs> most importantly. But really, really good episode. And uh, Dave Filoni, who is the creator of The Clone Wars, directed the episode. Ooh, yeah, fancy. You know, you guys said two weeks ago, uh, anything Star Wars Disney Plus is gold. And I have yes. to dis I have to disagree with you. Mandalorian, oh, it's fine. Mandalorian, if you take out Grogu, is a garbage show for about two seasons. Now, if you the take season out Grogu, two, that show is better. No, see, the season two finale was fantastic. And season three was fantastic. But the first Two seasons were not good. What? It's Book a of Star Boba Wars Fett, Western. Book of Boba Fett with special cameos from Boba Fett, but Mandalorian 2.0 yes. was not a great show. Loved it. Was not I great. It. Was not great. Scott, what'd you do this week at Disney other than bag on Disney Plus Star Wars? So I did a couple things that I'm really excited about. So I watched uh, live action Little Mermaid, which I had not seen. Oh, 
I just watched that too, actually. Yes. Now, the first couple minutes of the movie, I did not like it because the CGI is so bad. The visual effects are terrible. But as soon as she sang Part of Your World, I forgot about how bad the visual effects were. I thought that the casting was brilliant. Despite what Chris says, I thought Melissa McCarthy was absolutely brilliant as Ursula. She was good. I don't I think thought... I said anything about the casting being bad. Well, you Chris, hate you Melissa said McCarthy. She was terrible. No, I thought she was fine. I I, I, I don't like her. No, no, I said I, I don't like her, but she well, played I th- Ursula. I thought she was great. I thought Aquafina was great. And I didn't know that yes. Len Manuel Miranda had a, a part had a, a part in this movie uh until i heard that song scuttlebutt yeah, uh, yeah, and i was yeah. like oh they put this song in here just so david diggs could rap at the end for like yes. two seconds yeah. yeah and i was like oh I, this is lin manuel miranda yeah so, when they rhymed the same word five times in a row i was like that's a lin manuel exactly exactly <laughs> but i uh, question for movie. you about it scott uh-huh. um a part of your world you know what i couldn't get past and if you watch it again i might ruin it for you this the lip syncing in that you could tell she wasn't singing. Oh, I, that doesn't matter because they're recording. They're doing it in a studio and it, the, the visual effects are very bad. Yeah, they're very bad throughout yeah. this entire movie. Um, it, I know that she's recording. It, it is her singing. Just maybe not. No, sure, but just not live. But I've never okay watched that. a movie where I didn't look like they weren't singing. Yeah, it, I didn't notice it. I'm OK oh, with I that. Did. It made me nauseous a little bit. So I love that movie so much. I mean, I, to me better than the original cartoon just my opinion i I don't disagree with you i wasn't a fan of uh little mermaid growing up i was more of a latin fan um and i do like the newer one for certain reasons i love the caribbean feel of it yeah i thought it was great loved every minute of it loved it we're going uh we're pretty we're going pretty long on this on this episode so i will not share my feelings towards you guys but just know that i disagree wholeheartedly with most i know i know you do i know you do but i just need Uh, you guys to know that so after that i was like okay i'm expanding my disney horizons i've watched things that i've never watched a couple weeks ago i saw tangled for the first time so one of my favorites are you serious yeah and it was it was amazing i loved every minute yes it was it was in that brief period of my life where i had grown out of the disney movies and so like i missed brave i missed tangled i missed kind of that era of disney Uh movies so uh we watched coco and a very good movie a very good movie. I loved it and I will watch I'm, it again. I'm offended you just said very good and not amazing. I think it's a little bit overhyped. Uh, oh my god! It's a good movie and I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot more than I liked The Lion King show it's in Animal Kingdom, enough. which is way overhyped. But I, it, I did like I did like the movie a lot, but I was like, eh, I think it's a little bit overhyped. I love Coco. Mm. I don't think it's overhyped. I think it's underhyped. If anything, I don't think it mm. gets. I don't think it gets a, a lot of recognition. I liked I liked Encanto better. I don't think Encanto was a good movie. Encanto is not as good. It's as just Coco. a great soundtrack. Coco was a great movie. Yes, I agree. But, uh, with it, a someone good said it's the it's the best. It's the best. Uh, what is that? Pixar or Pixar? Uh, yeah, it was the best. And I was like, eh. I mean, top five best best. overall. It's definitely not, not. Yeah, I don't think best it's the Pixar best Pixar movie in the last ten years. I, I would say possibly. I would I would put it in the top five. I would put Nemo, Inside Out, Up, and Toy Story, the original, above. That's a very Coco. yes, yes. I, Those are the I four. But that. yeah. All right. The last thing I did, uh, and this is for you guys. So I was so moved by the uh, world of motion. <laughs> Get moved wow. in world oh, of motion. Oh, I like that. Because that tapped into some core memories because I'm an old school Epcot guy. I went to Epcot uh, the first couple of years that they were open. Loved Universe of Energy. World, loved World of Motion. Loved Horizons. And by the way, Chris, the world of motion is spaceship Earth for transportation. That was my quote. Oh, uh, thank you for pointing that out. Friends podcast episode. Yes, thank you. Uh, but... I decided to watch the ride through today because I just wanted mm-hmm. to be I just wanted to, to be free and to watch this ride through. And I noticed that in the air show scene, there's a family in the car in the car is the mysterious tuberculosis Susie. No, from the first scene of Carousel of Progress. Are you serious? Yes. That's where she went. She was abducted. The, the mystery girl from Carousel of Progress was abducted and went to uh, see an air show. She, it looked like she was having fun. Wow. Oh, so maybe it was just her family then. Maybe, maybe it was she was the neighbor family. then. She was a neighbor. She didn't die. It wasn't the daughter. She was just a neighbor. Yep. I guess that's a little bit more realistic than being abducted. It, exactly. But yeah. it just goes to show that a lot of attractions are connected and we don't even realize. That's pretty cool. I, that's that's or they just were like had a really low budget. 
Yeah. It's recycled. I am disappointed you guys ruined it for me. I thought centaurs were a real form of transportation. And oh, I'm sorry. Actually, anyway. We should have marked that spoiler alert. I'm sorry about that. That was, that <laughs> you was know, so us. funny is I was just telling my brother-in-law at work today about the centaur and he had to look up the image because uh, he was like, what? It's, and uh, re-looking at it, it's just so weird. Really, really funny. And and a little bit it, it, that doesn't hold up nowadays with uh, one of them <laughs> being chained up. It doesn't matter which one was being chained. Doesn't hold up. <laughs> Next week on Diz His, uh, we are doing the history on Pizza Rizzo, which was loosely based on a restaurant idea for full Muppet land. Land to open with Muppet Vision 3D and a Muppet Great Movie Ride in the late 90s. So before we wrap up here, if you could just please... Please, please, please check out our link tree. I spent at least four minutes on uh, designing that thing. So I'd love for you guys to see it on our link tree, which is found in the bio of all of our episodes. You can find a link to our Patreon, our blog. Uh, and what is our Patreon? You might ask, Alex. I think I heard you ask, like, what is our Patreon? So I was going to answer What's the question. Oh, yeah. Oh, thank you, guys. Our Patreon, uh, what we like to call our goof troop, is a um, group of remarkable individuals. We know that's the Avengers. Our, our goof troop is um, you pay up, you pay two dollars a month. <laughs> And or more to get more entries in our giveaways. But you pay a minimum of two dollars a month and you get to watch us live. You get to watch the way longer shows than what you hear because we cut a lot out. Yes. (laughs) You you get entered in giveaways. You get invited to our Discord, which is a a messaging application like uh, man for the Gen Zers. It's like um, Snapchat messages for the boomers. It's like aim AOL instant messaging. Hey, um, I loved AIM. <laughs> I know. So I see pretty good reference. You um, got me. I'm hyped. <laughs> so if you're interested in chatting with the hosts as well as like-minded uh, individuals who love Disney, going to want to join our Patreon. Also, please give us a like on social media. That's just for personal reasons, because I like to see our likes go up. Yeah, Chris, Chris needs that in his yeah, life. Yeah, but it's we're, we're, we're at DizHisPod on all social media. And uh, don't forget that we do have future giveaways. So if you're our Patreon, you get you get added to those uh, drawings. And uh, don't forget to go to Tee Public to get Diz His merchandise. My dream is to walk through Disney and see someone with a Diz His merchandise. Yeah, that would be great. Be like, That's not me. I'd be like, hey, what's up? You like Diz His? I'm like, yeah, I'm like, cool. Uh, I like it too. I walk away. <laughs> Christine's like, you think someone recognize you? I was like, it's a podcast, so I don't think so. <laughs> I, I want you to see someone wearing a no new friend shirt and then you just go up to him and go, I'm the guy that edits the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Well, that's the his on the Food and Wine Festival. I'm Alex. I'm Chris. I'm Scott. Thanks for listening. Have a magical week.